Well, you made it. It's been uh, it's tough to make it to church sometimes, right? <laughs> sometimes, but it's always worth it. I never regret taking the time uh, that we do on Sunday mornings to worship the Lord, to learn a little bit about His truth, to join in fellowship with other believers in Christ. It's always worth it. Today is no exception. That was uh, really powerful just to be able to sing that song, Amazing Grace, with all of you this morning. It's good to be at church this morning. I had the opportunity to talk with several of you this past week. Uh, an amazing and awesome part of my job as pastor is to get to pray for you as you walk through your struggles, as you walk through the storms of this life. You don't normally call the pastor when things are going well. Uh, you don't call him, hey, pastor, I'm doing great. See you later. No, you call him when life is taking its best shot at you. And I actually love that part of my job. It's an honor and a privilege to be your pastor. God has given me a love for this community. He's given me a love for his sheep. He's entrusted me for the care, has entrusted me to care for the flock along with Pastor Randy and with Adam. But over the past couple of weeks, it just feels to me that the flock has been under attack. A whole lot of you are just under it. Whether it's financial issues, which I know some of you are going through extremely difficult financial issues, relational issues, some of you are struggling with real health issues, physical, dangerous, serious health issues, both physical and emotional. And don't you know that when life hits you, it doesn't just hit you in one area. It hits you from all different angles. So it's kind of a combination of a little bit of stress from your job, a little bit of anger towards your spouse, maybe a little depression about that sin that you're stuck in. And it hits you from all these areas. And it's that combination of all of it that overwhelms you. Can any of you relate to what I'm talking about? Absolutely. If the stressors of your life have been cranked up in the last couple of weeks, uh, would you mind just raising your hand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I had us do that because I already knew that that was true. Because um, I've talked to most of you. And Mary and I, we want you to know, very seriously, we are praying for you. Our hearts break for you. We hate seeing our church going through the difficult times that you're going through. And as you walk through your various struggles, I wanted to share something with you this morning. I hope it will be an encouragement to you. Recently, I've had this happen a couple of times. Uh, just real recently, people have asked me if I believe as a Christ follower if we can be demon-possessed. I personally believe no. As a born-again Christian, you cannot be demon-possessed. We should never underestimate the great salvation and the great deliverance that God has given you in Christ Jesus. Amen? You are a new creation. You are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Christian's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. Can a demon and the Holy Spirit dwell in the same house? I do not believe they can. But this does not mean we are completely immune from Satan's power. Walk with the Lord long enough and you will come to understand that there is a very real enemy. At the Last Supper, Jesus says this. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. That has always been an incredibly interesting passage to me. Listen, Jesus, he didn't pray that Satan wouldn't be allowed to sift them all as wheat. But what does he pray for? He prays that Simon Peter's faith 
would not fail. He prays for a strengthening of Peter's faith. In Ephesians 4.27, we are challenged, do not give the devil a foothold. Satan, he is an external foe. He is looking for opportunities to attack us. But we do not give him a foothold. We do not give him any room, any reason, any opportunity to work. And God, he is ready to resource and to equip us with everything that we need to be able to do that. In Ephesians 6, we're told this. Listen up. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That is a powerful passage of Scripture to know that we are well equipped with the full armor of God. So do not give the devil a stronghold or a foothold. Wednesday, I was really struggling. I was struggling with a chronic disease that I have. And this is what I prayed. And I prayed this very specifically. This is word for word what I prayed. I said, Jesus, I put on the full armor of God. The enemy will not succeed in whatever he is trying to do. Jesus, fight on my behalf. Amen. Jesus, fight on my behalf. Amen. And the Lord heard and he answered my prayer. I don't want to spend a lot of time on Satan this morning. He loves publicity and I don't want to give it to him. (laughs) But he is real and he is our enemy. The Bible tells us a lot of descriptions of who he is. He's the prince of this world, he's a deceiver, he's a murderer. The Bible tells us he's the father of lies. But you know, the Bible also tells us something else. It tells us that he is a defeated foe. Through Jesus' death on the cross, the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Paul gets pretty excited about this as well in Colossians 2.15, where he states, And having disarmed the powers and authorities... Jesus made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. But even with this, this good news, this wonderful news, Satan is still called the God of this world and the prince of the power of the air. And he loves to shoot those flaming arrows at God's children. But take courage, my friends. His destiny is set. The devil's destiny is set. It consists of him being cast into the lake of fire where he will be tormented forever. I want to encourage you in this. You do not need to fight the devil. Our Lord did that once for all on the cross. Our part to play is to claim that victory. To claim by faith and stand by faith 
in his victory. I was reading 1 Peter this week, and I came across this verse from 1 Peter 5, 9. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. That passage tells us to stand firm in the faith. Faith in Christ's victory over the devil and faith in God's promises. Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God. The word of Christ. Remember that parable of the sower and the seed? Some of the seed, Jesus said, fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Interpreting this, Jesus explained those who walk, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. See, the devil knows that if the word of God is allowed to remain in the hearts of those who hear it, it will bring forth faith. It will. And faith in God's word will always be the key. To our daily victory. This is what F.C. Jennings says about faith. Listen, he says, This then suggests very clearly the root aim of the devil's attacks. It is always to destroy faith in God. And our side of the conflict is to maintain that faith in spite of everything that he can bring against it. So the Apostle Peter says, Whom resists steadfast in the faith. And Paul's joyful swan song is, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And he passes back the word to us. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. What is that? That is maintaining your faith in spite of everything the enemy tries to bring against it. That's real faith. That's the authentic article. That's the real deal. That's a faith that has been tested and one that has been through the fire. And I want you to know that's what I see here at LifeSpring. I see the attack of the enemy in your lives and my heart breaks for you. But I also see your faith and I see you standing. And as you stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ, as you put on the full armor of God, the enemy will not be able to find a foothold in your life. You're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. I know it's hard, but don't give up. We're on the winning team. Our God wins. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. And if our God is with us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could ever stand against us? Our God is fighting on our behalf. That's all I wanted to say about that, but I felt like it needed to be said. I love being a part of this church. You continually amaze me. I see faith all around me. Let's continue to press into the things of God. Would you stand with me as I pray to the Lord? Let's stand firm in our faith. Lord Jesus, we don't stand because it's easy. We don't stand because we're in Disneyland. (laughs) We stand because of Jesus. We stand because we're claiming the victory is yours. We're standing declaring that the victory is yours. That the victory is yours. That the victory is yours. yours. We believe in that. We have faith in you, God. As the enemy throws his...
flaming darts our direction, Lord. I pray that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit how to put on the full armor of God. It's not an armor that we have made. It's not even our armor. It's the armor of God. And so we pray, Lord, that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit how to put on the full armor of God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. Hallelujah. The victory is ours. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we've made it to um, week three of our Building Blocks series here at LifeSpring. Anyone remember what the first week was? The Word of God. On count of three, how about everyone tell me week number two? One, two, three. We can do it better than that. One, two, three. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You guys are good. It's so very important to be building our lives upon the right things. We found a video that kind of talks about this. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to illustrate this point just fine. So uh, let's go ahead and take a look. and welcome again to 3.30, the television show where we give local builders 30 days and $3,000 to showcase their talents. Today is a very special day because today we're at my house and we have a local builder in my backyard that's going to build my children a fort. They have 30 days and $3,000 to dream up any fort that they can imagine. <laughs> but let's not get ahead of ourselves because today is just the day that they will just be laying the foundation. Hey, let's go check out and see what's going on, shall we? I am so excited to see what's going on in my backyard today. Again, today is just the foundation, but it will give you an idea of how great and how big this project really can be. It's done. It's done. We are here with Dan the Builder. Uh, Handy Dan Dodson. Dan the Builder. Uh, handy. Handy Dan. Handy Dan. Dan, you, even though you had $3,000 in 30 days to build the fort, you actually built the fort in one day. Uh, well, and, and listen, like I was telling you, I, I misunderstood. I, I thought the 330 stood for uh, three hours and $30, you know. But under those circumstances, I think I built a pretty good uh, fort here, you know, and, and actually had enough left over that I got me some Taco Bell and a Gatorade. <laughs> Good for you, Dan. And I see with the time that you had, you went ahead and you built a little fence here, huh? Well, yeah, I thought you might have some ponies or something. Ponies? No, Dan, we don't have any ponies. No, no. Okay, oh, great. I could, I could fix that. Uh, I was thinking about putting a gate there anyway. But, hey, how about this fort, right? I mean, with the time allotted and the money, I think I had a, I had a, uh, did a pretty good job for your kiddos. I think they're going to enjoy it. I, Actually built them a little reading nook right here, you know, in case they want to read their Henry Potter books and whatnot. Well, I can fix that. All righty, Dan. Handy, Dan. Uh-huh. It seems like you got the slide, but you've added something to it. Yeah, I, I created these. I call them slide stoppers. You slide stoppers. Yeah, well, if you have a hefty kid or two that stops them from, you know... Hitting the fence you made right there. Yeah, you don't want to break a pinky or something. That is very medieval, Dan. Well, that's just general physics. All right, that's good. Well, it seems sturdy enough. Okay, all right. I can, I can fix that. Okay, that's be great. Well, here's something positive. You have built a climbing rock wall. Yeah, yeah. And those are real rocks, sir, Dan? Nothing but the best, Clark. It's Carl. 
All right, I'm just going to climb on up here and test it out up there, all right? Yep. Permission to board, El Capitan. Here we go. I can fix that. Well, this is a first on 330. Dan the Handy Builder. Dan. Handy Dan is basically... I can fix that. Dan, please, just come down. This is sand. Dan, can you explain this to me? Yeah, that's your foundation, boss man. The foundation is made out of sand! Well, technically, it's a floating slab on Sandy Lomas. That's why it sways, Dan! No, not that sort can withstand an earthquake! This thing couldn't withstand an earthquake! This thing couldn't withstand a light rain! It couldn't even withhold my fourth grade son! Well, he is kind of husky! You built the fort on sand, Dan! The foundation is everything! Don't keep pushing that you're gonna break it! I can fix that. Oh, <laughs> I love that video. Um, though as, as funny as it was, it's the truth. Your foundation matters. And today we're going to be talking about that third building block here at Life, at Life Spring. And it is prayer. Prayer. We, we want to be known as a house of prayer, that we'd be quick to go to the Lord in prayer. Prayer, it's one of those things that, as Christians, we love to throw out that word. Um, it's something that we talk a lot about, but we actually do less um, actually doing. Uh, when you ask to do something that might require a time commitment or a financial uh, commitment, after asked, we often respond by saying, you know, let me pray about it. And many times, not all the time, but many times what we're saying is, well, not sure if I really want to do what you're asking me to do, but so I don't sound really unspiritual right now. I'm going to buy myself a little bit of time by telling you I'm going to pray about it, and then later I'm going to come back to you and say, God told me no. Yeah, you know, I'm talking the truth. Another way we use it in conversations is when someone's hurting or someone's gone through a hardship or a loss of a loved one, and and we say, you know, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you, which sounds really good, but it drives me nuts. And we all do it from time to time. But instead of telling someone that you're going to pray for them, I've got an idea. Pray for them right there, right now on the spot. Don't just tell them you're going to pray for them. Absolutely right then do it. It's powerful. It's extremely powerful. I think prayer and active prayer is one of the great ways and one of the best ways to be active in your faith, people are always trying to ask me, you know, how can I, you know, show and, and be a Christian and, and what do I have to do during the day? Pray and pray with one another. It really encourages one another and grows you in your faith. Pray for one another. Do you know what would happen at Lifespring if we all started doing that? I've seen the beginning stages of it already, but if we all started actually praying for one another, there would be prayer throughout this building taking place before and after service. You wouldn't even need to wait for the service to start. You would see pods of people praying in the sanctuary, in the lobby, out in the parking lot, but it wouldn't just stop there. It would make its way into your families, into your schools, into ranchitos. It would. It would. I'm promising you. And like I said, I already see the beginning stages of that. But we can grow in that. Pray for one another. Nothing strengthens a marriage like praying for one another. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. 
It's hard at first to pray for one another, to step out and say, hey, how can I be praying for you? But I encourage you, when you go home tonight, say to your spouse, say, honey or babe or pumpkin, snookum, whatever you call them, say, how can I be praying for you? And after they tell you, do not hesitate. Just begin to pray out loud for God's best for your spouse. It will be a powerful experience. All right, what is prayer? Why do Christians pray? I just heard Jason talk about this morning. Simplest definition, prayer is communicating with God, talking to him and listening to him, talking to him and listening to him. A really funny video that we showed last year uh, shows a man coming to a coffee shop to talk with God. He, he just started blabbering, rattling off everything about his life, all of his problems, all of his issues. But then he leaves before he gives God ever a chance to say anything in return. Remember, prayer is a conversation with the Lord, a two-way street. Speak to Him and also listen to what He might have to say to you. There's numerous examples of prayer throughout the Bible, different styles, different ways. There's references to people praying on their knees, uh, people bowing. Uh, You'll see people on their faces. Jesus in the garden is on His face. My brother Doug, he often prays uh, prostate, prostate, prostrate. That's funny. He prays prostrate. Anyways. He prays uh, prostrate to the ground on the floor. Um, You can pray standing up. You can pray with your eyes closed. But uh, don't tell your parents you can also pray with your eyes open. Did you know that? You can pray quietly or you can pray out loud. By the way, we often pray with our eyes closed. And we do this, why? To keep outside distractions to a minimum. I have to do this. I, I know for myself I'm easily distracted. So closing my eyes really helps me focus. But one of my main places where I do pray is driving in my car and keeping my eyes closed while on Interstate 5 would not turn out well for anybody. So uh, I keep my eyes open, praise the Lord. So prayer can look and sound different, but it's so vitally important to the life of a Christ follower. And why? Why should we even bother praying? Well, it develops our relationship with God. I don't know about you, but I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord. I really do. I want to know Him. I love Him. But how can I know Him without communicating with Him? Sure, I can know about Him without talking to Him, just like I know about Marshawn Lynch or I know about King Griffey Jr., but the only way I get to know them personally is by talking with them, having a relationship with them. Think about it. If you never spoke to your spouse or you never listened to anything your spouse had to say, your marriage relationship would go down the toilet. And it's the same with God. Prayer helps us grow closer, more intimately connected with God. Listen to these scriptures and listen to how they show the importance of prayer in regards to this intimate relationship with God. Zechariah 13:9. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure, just as gold and silver are refined and purified by fire. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. Do you see that relationship? They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. Listen to Jesus in John fifteen seven. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. Again, coming out of a relationship Prayer, it opens up the channels of communication between man and God, and it grows that relationship. As you read about Jesus in the Gospels, one thing I love about Jesus is it seems he's always praying. 
He's always trying to find those times of solitude and those times of being alone that he can pray. And Jesus, he commands us to pray as well. Matthew 26, 41, while he's in the garden, he says to his disciples, keep alert and what? Pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. That would be a great verse for us to memorize. This is from Jesus to you. Keep alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus also gives us the Lord's Prayer. I think most of us have heard of that before, but I love the whole section before he actually uh, gives us the Lord's Prayer. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Would you say that with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus commands and teaches us how to pray. But have you ever found yourself in a life situation where you just don't know what you should be praying for? Where you're struggling to find the right words? About a month ago, an awful situation came to my situation. And I knew I needed to go to the Lord in prayer about it. But I didn't know what I was even supposed to say to God, what to ask him for. The whole thing was awful. But what do you do when you don't know what you should pray for? Well, the wonderful thing is the Holy Spirit's got your back. I love that about the Holy Spirit. Many of us have a prayer language. We speak in tongues to the Lord. We pray in words that we don't even understand. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, In the same way, Listen to how the Holy Spirit's got your back. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, praise the Lord. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit, the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Holy Spirit helps us, intercedes for us when we do not know what we should say. I love that. That's an encouragement to me. Ephesians 6.18 And pray in the Spirit. I just read this. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Holy Spirit is very present, very involved in our prayers. And because of this, there is a supernatural pr- uh, power that is found 
in prayer. Things happen when we pray. Amen? Each one of us could give a testimony of the power of prayer. In fact, there are some of you sitting here today. The fact that you are sitting here today is a testimony to the power of prayer. I asked Rachel McCaskill if I could share something she posted in, on our church's uh, web or Facebook page this week. And she said I could. She's been going through a tough time. But she wrote this uh, on our page. She said, I want to thank you. I want to say thank you to all the prayer warriors in our church. I have been struggling the last few weeks and know that it is simply an attack of the enemy. But I can feel the prayers of wonderful men and women of Lifespring and know that I and all the rest of us can conquer what we are going through. I am excited to be a part of a church that is doing amazing things. Blessings, Rachel. Amen. Amen. Listen to these scriptures. Listen to the supernatural results that are the byproduct of this loving God and a prayerful heart. Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Jeremiah 29:13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will find God as you pray to him. Mark 11:24 Therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours supernatural power in prayer James 5:16 I love this verse therefore confess your sins to each other pray for each other so that you may be what healed the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective supernatural healing can come through prayer I would love to see our community grow in our desire to come to the Lord in prayer, quickly come to the Lord in prayer, that it would be a part of our DNA, part of the life spring culture, and that our prayers would be from morning till night. I believe prayer should sound something like a running dialogue with the Lord. If we really believe that He is with us wherever we go, not to impress others with the eloquence of our speech, but to engage in that intimate, real dialogue and real relationship with God. Do you believe that God is omnipresent, that He's everywhere? Do you believe that the temple of God resides within you? Do you believe that God hears your prayers? If your answer is yes, then guess what? I got good news for you. You have a 24-7 direct line straight to God. It's better than that red telephone that scared me to death back in the day I was connected from the White House to the Kremlin. It's better than the bat phone that they use for calling Batman. You can talk to God whenever and wherever you want. It can be while you're alone. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go into your room. Close the door. Pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Or it can be done as a community of believers. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Amen. So pray to the Lord. Let's be quick to pray to the Lord. Believe that He is here, that He is with you, that He's listening, that He loves you, that He cares for you. And like every other building block, I get I'm only scratching the surface on what prayer is and why it's important. 
But I want to stop right there. I want to actually give us an opportunity to spend some time in prayer. There are tremendous needs in this little community. We need to go to the Lord in prayer. One of the verses I memorized after I rededicated my life to the Lord when, uh, when I was 18 was Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You guys remember that one? This is a good verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what? The peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, will guard our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Read that with me. Believe in this. Read it with me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask us to break into groups, two, three, four people, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, spend some time talking to each other about what's going on. Ask each other how you can be praying for one another. And then go ahead and just do it. I'm not grading you. I'm not evaluating you on how good your prayer is. Just relax. Just talking with God, having a conversation. Ask for prayer requests. Then present your requests to God. And what the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to come back up after five to ten minutes, and we're going to uh, go ahead and do the closing song. So let's go ahead and break in our groups right now.